0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Boston Red Sox will bounce back after a really tough series in Oakland in which the Red Sox dropped two of three games to the A's. Find out on this episode of Locked On Red Sox why they will come and bounce back against the Mets over the weekend. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to On Red Sox, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbutt, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox. Thanks for making the show your first listen of every day. Happy Friday. It's the weekend. We are here. You made it. Hopefully you didn't have too stressful of a work week, although the Red Sox did make us stay up late for some very irritating games that took place in Oakland. Obviously a tough series um, over there in one that the Red Sox easily should have been able to win, but instead they fell in two of the three games against the A's. I do want to remind you for a second that the Braves did lose a series to the A's earlier in the season. Not that that's excusing anything, but it does go to show you that that's baseball and weirder things happen. But it's more for me the time that they lost the series. This is not the time to be losing a series to Oakland when you're really, really in a tight wild card race and you're running out of opportunities. And they did lose a game in the wild card race during that series. Um, So it's tough to lose when they did. So I have more of a problem with that than just simply it being the A's themselves. Um, This weekend, the Red Sox have a chance to redeem themselves facing a Mets team that obviously has severely underperformed this year, considering the talent on that roster. Um, I do believe, though, that at any time, you know, they could get hot. We've seen them get hot during this season and play really good baseball. So you can't rule the Mets out at any time talent-wise. I think that they have a very, very good team with a really strong chance um, to beat Boston. However, I firmly believe that the Red Sox will be able to bounce back from that series in Oakland um, and win this series against the Mets previewing you know some of the pitching matchups here I'm going to go into on this episode and talking about why I feel confident overall and who the Red Sox have on the mound. Um, Kluver and Story both expected to make rehab assignments in Portland on Friday so going to be discussing that as well and also discussing the shortstop chopping block situation again because Pablo Reyes can physically only be in a rehab until Sunday, so then a decision has to be made about him, so that time is here. I'll be discussing who potentially could be out the door, what I'd like to see happen versus what po- probably and possibly could happen. So obviously the Red Sox are playing a stacked Mets team over the weekend starting on Friday. They have not been able to really show that they're the Mets that we thought they were going to be going into the season. However, that means nothing when it comes to matchups, as the Red Sox have shown us multiple times with their inconsistent play. Any team could come in on any given night and win the game. Um, So, you know, obviously the Red Sox have the capability to win that series. It's just a matter of what team is going to show up, which obviously is an issue in itself. They decided to switch James Paxton and Carter Crawford's starts so Paxton originally was supposed to start Friday night and Crawford was supposed to start on Saturday, but they flipped the two. So now Friday night is going to be Senga versus Crawford. And obviously, Cody Senga was a well-desired um, free agent when the Mets signed him. And he was a pitcher that I felt had a lot of potential when he signed with the Mets. And he has lived up to that potential for the most part. I mean, he has a 320 ERA this year. He's seven and five. He's pitching pretty well. He has 122 strikeouts. He's been getting, um, you know, competitive at bats at the plate. But he is a pitcher that the Mets have really relied on a lot this season. So him going up against Crawford, my worry would be is that Crawford does – have you know a problem sometimes with the walks we saw it in his last start he gave up four walks um overall he'll be able to get the job done but he isn't really capable of going as deep into games as i would like him to so i'd like to see him ideally go deep into the game but the mets do have a lineup that could make pitchers work so i do worry about that a little bit with him from a pitching standpoint i'm giving senga the advantage in game one However, I think the Red Sox offense has shown that they can hit against really good pitchers. So if they can do what they're best at and really work those pitch counts and get it high for him so that he gets out of the game earlier and work with the Mets bullpen, then I like the Red Sox chances. I think one of the Red Sox biggest strengths offensively as a collective unit is their ability to really make pitchers work and bump up those pitch counts and not settle at the plate. Overall, the play discipline as a group has improved over the season, has progressed. So if they can really work his pitch count and get him out of the game on the earlier side, then I think the Red Sox will be in good shape because I don't see Crawford going that deep into the game. He's averaging about four or five innings per start, which is not terrible. But ideally, if you want him to be a longer term part of the rotation, then you want to make sure that he can pitch in those later game situations and relieve the bullpen a little bit. Um, So I would hate to see him have a short outing and have the bullpen have to work early on in the game. So I think, you know, longevity and also him being able to maintain his control on the mound and not give up a lot of walks. Then I like the Red Sox chances. But overall, I do give Senga the slight pitching edge there. Not by much. I just think, you know, the Red Sox really need to be able to work his pitch counts a little bit. So then obviously Paxton is pitching game 2 for the Red Sox. He's going against Max Scherzer, who has a 3.99 ERA on the season and he's 8 and 3. So they're winning when he's pitching. Um the Mets are coming through for him when he's on the mound. Um the thing with Scherzer this year is he has suffered some injuries. Um he he's had 17 starts. Um so he's, you know, pitched a decent amount, but he's getting up there, you know, when it comes to his career. So it's hard to really know how much longer he's going to do this. I think Paxton overall, um, since coming off the IL has been more effective than Scherzer has been for the Mets. I think Scherzer has the capability of getting in trouble early on in games and he gives up a good amount of home runs. Um, so, you know, the Red Sox obviously aren't a consistently home run heavy team. Um, But the issue with Scherzer, I think if the Red Sox can really take advantage of um, just trying to make contact and um, hit the way that they're used to hitting and get themselves on base, he hasn't been the best with getting out of jams um, this season for them. So I think the Red Sox really can take advantage of where he's at right now. He's been very, very inconsistent. So if the Red Sox get him on a night where he isn't really at his best, it could be a fun night for the Red Sox. But if he is pitching at his best, he still has some of that ace caliber stuff in there, a glimmer of it. So I'd like to see, um, you know, the Red Sox really be aggressive with him because um, he is used to facing hitters who may not be as aggressive. And, um, might not be able to select pitches the right way. So I think somebody like, um, you know, Duran or um, Devers, you know, could really, really try to take advantage of that long ball um, in the series this weekend. So, and obviously when it comes to Duran, I mean, he hits really, really well against righties. So this matchup could really favor him against Scherzer. So hopefully he's in the lineup for the game. And then obviously with Paxton, I mean, Paxton will go deep into the game most likely. He did not have a good start in his last start against the Cubs, but he was due for a performance like that because he hadn't, you know, pitched that badly all season since he's come off the IL. Um, So I'd like to see him go deep in the game. I'd like to see him shut down hitters. He's been getting a lot of swings and misses, so hopefully um, the Red Sox can get him that run support because um, he's been super effective all season. So I'm not really too concerned about his start. And then on Sunday, the Red Sox starter is TBD as of right now, but the Mets have Carlos Carrasco going. He's definitely a beatable pitcher. To me, Carrasco is not the type of pitcher to be worried about. Uh, So game three is likely going to be a bullpen game for the Red Sox. Um, Carlos Carrasco right now is – at a 535 earned run average, he's really not pitching overly well. So the Red Sox can definitely take advantage in that game. So I truly believe when it's all said and done, the Red Sox bounce back and take two of three here. But they're going to have to bring the offense. They're really just going to have to be able to bring the offense is what it's going to come down to. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about Corey Kluber and Trevor Story because they're both expected to make rehab starts Um This weekend, Kluber is going to be pitching for Portland Friday night and Story is scheduled to be with Portland for the whole weekend series. So coming up, I'm going to be talking about that. So my car has all kinds of lights that come on constantly, and I'm always wondering what they actually mean and what they're supposed to be doing for me. And I'm always finding myself asking somebody like, hey, What does this mean and what does it do so ebay motors is so fantastic i'm lucky to have them and be able to work with them for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around They really are fantastic with car parts. They'll explain what those parts are and what they'll help fix. So if you are anything like me and don't know how to navigate it, definitely head to ebaymotors.com and they'll have you covered. So Corey Kluber obviously has just had an absolutely painful season for the Red Sox this year to put it kindly. Um, So I think, you know, him coming back and doing these rehab starts may not be the best news for some. Before he went on the IL, he had a 7.04 earned run average and was 3-6. and six. June 20th against the Twins was when he last pitched, and he pitched three innings in that game, giving up five hits and four earned runs. So obviously I felt like there was something up with him, but honestly also I think this is just who he is at this point. His career really is diminishing. He used to be a fantastic pitcher, but I just don't think he has it anymore. Um, so he's scheduled to start Friday night against Portland or in Portland. Um, and so for, for him, you know, if he can work his way back and they could keep him in the bullpen and he can be somewhat effective going forward, that's fantastic. But if not, they should just cut ties with him at the end of the season, because this is just not working out with him. And I wish I could say differently, because I used to be a big fan of Kluber. But at this point, with where he's at in his career, it's probably best to either keep him on a tight leash and let him pitch a couple innings here and there out of the bullpen, or just cut him loose. Because even when he was pitching out of the bullpen, which they had moved him to the pen because he was struggling so much in the rotation. He still wasn't pitching well out of the pen. So it's not like a Pavetta situation where they moved him from the rotation to the pen and he started pitching a lot better. This was just the same all around. I'm willing to give Kluber another chance when he comes off the I.L. Maybe he'll be healthy and be able to be more effective for this team. But I think, honestly, there's no point rushing him back up, even though the Red Sox need some pitching help right now. Kluber's not really the guy to come in and immediately help fix that, especially with the trade deadline coming up, and I hope that they do acquire a pitcher or two at the deadline. I just don't think bringing Corey Kluber back into the mix of the rotation would make a whole lot of sense. I'm glad he's he- heading on the right path with his recovery. Um, it seems like you know he's doing well and he's – he's progressing pretty well. So that's always a good sign for players. Like you always want them to come back and be healthy. And I'm hoping that's the case with Kluber. I think he's had a lot of experience and, you know, knows how to pitch and pressure situations, but I just simply think he's lost a lot of the command and velocity that he's had in the past. So if they do decide to bring him back, I think it should be very, very limited. It should be, As a reliever, but on an as needed basis, if they really need to pull somebody from the pen, and a lot of pitchers have been worked, um, he should be the last resort, but bring him back and maybe he'll help later into the season as just like a short term reliever. But other than that, I'm really not so, you know, confident and sold on keeping him. Trevor story also is going to be starting with Portland on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And that's pretty exciting because obviously the shortstop situation with the Red Sox is dicey right now. There's been a lot of people cycling through that position as the season started. And so for the Red Sox to get story back would be huge. We we know that obviously offensively he struggled last year with the Red Sox, but I'm giving him a, a pass because first of all, he didn't really get much of a spring training. And also, you know, obviously he had this lingering elbow injury that we didn't know about um, prior to the season, like before he announced that he had to have the surgery. Um, so obviously for during last season, I'm inclined to believe that this was going on. Um, so I feel confident. In him coming back, I think he's really determined to come back um, and be effective. So if Story can come back and, you know, DH maybe at the beginning until he really eases back into it, then they have other options that they can keep at shortstop until then. And that's totally fine. And then if he comes and eventually plays shortstop, that's also great. Um, So I think the Red Sox have a lot of options when it comes to Story and what they can do with him, um, when he comes back, I think his bat really could help the lineup because his bat is really, really good for Fenway. I believe, you know, his hitting style and the way that he's able to utilize different assets of the ballpark, I think could be huge at a place like Fenway. I think we just didn't see everything he could do last year. And also from a standpoint of somebody providing a spark, because sometimes it's a good thing Having somebody come that hasn't played all season um, from a clubhouse vibe standpoint, that could come in and really help change up the vibes. Because this is a great example, like the Red Sox, you know, played earlier in the day on Wednesday against Oakland and then had a day off. So it's a long, grueling, like, you know, over 48 hours really at the end of the day from when they play again. Relative to their last game, and that two days could be tough because obviously that was a series they know they should have won. And you're coming back from the west coast, probably tired, going into an off day and have to wait for the opportunity to bounce back mentally. That could be a lot, and Trevor Story has been around for a while and so mentally it could be a good thing for him to come back into the clubhouse like this weekend you know this whole situation with the A's is that's just an example but when he does come back if they were to have a bad series loss like that maybe somebody who hasn't played yet this season could come in and just change up clubhouse vibes and it could be a really good thing. So I'm excited to see Story come back. I hope he continues to progress and his rehab starts go well because I'd love to see him back up here, especially if they are making a run or really, really close to making a run. He could be the difference that they need to get over that hump and land themselves a wild card spot. I've been a fan of them signing Trevor Story since they signed him. I think the injury was a real bummer because at first I was like, well, there's no contingency plan for this. Like, why would they sign him knowing his injury history and not have a contingency plan? But then when they found the contingency plan by signing Reyes and signing Chang, then I was like, all right, well, defensively, these guys are pretty good so they can kind of fill the void until um, Story comes back. Obviously, at first they tried it with Kike, and it just wasn't working. Um, so I I am confident in Trevor Story coming back. Kluber, not so much. I'm rooting for the guy. I, I think, you know, as a person and the success he's had in baseball has been really great, but I just don't think he has it in the tank anymore. But we'll see what happens with those two. Hopefully they continue to progress in a positive direction and can come back and, and help contribute because – at this point, when guys come back from injury, it could make all the difference in the world for this team. So we'll see. But I, I I, keeping my fingers crossed and I have high hopes. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about the shortstop chopping block because obviously the time for Pablo Reyes is up after Sunday. They have to make a decision on whether they're going to add him to the active roster or not. And if they do, somebody has to go. Is it going to be Kike? Is it going to be Chang? Is it going to be Arroyo? I'm going to be discussing all of that. Don't forget to follow Locked On Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform. Download, subscribe, share with your friends and family. Join the every day, Monday through Friday, Red Sox talk. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget to check out some of the other MLB podcasts, as well as the other Boston sports podcasts. We have a great Locked on Patriots podcast, a Locked on Celtics podcast, a Locked on Bruins podcast. Obviously, there's a lot going on with those teams right now in the off season for all of them. Football season is right around the corner, so it could be a great time to tune in to Locked on Patriots as well. Um, so a lot of a lot of t- talent at this network. So I highly encourage you to look around, look at some of the other shows, and and really. Uh, learn more and gain more information and insight about other teams across baseball or just in other sports. If you want to catch up with the other Boston teams. So follow those shows, follow the lockdown network continuing to provide you content every day on your favorite team. So obviously Pablo Reyes is now in a situation where the Red Sox are forced to decide after the weekend, if they want to add him to the active roster or not, they don't have to, Um, in which case then everybody who's there right now would be able to stay in their present spots and, um, Reyes just wouldn't be part of the active roster. Um, and if they do decide that they don't want to keep him on the roster, then they would just DFA him. Um, and that's, you know, like tough because obviously like they could release him, but what is that really doing? Not, Not much at all. Um, but I really like Reyes because I think he's a, he's really athletic. So he was able to kind of, um, utilize a lot of the field defensively and he was hitting pretty well. He's been hitting better than anybody else that we've had at shortstop on this season so far. Um, so I'm a big fan of Pablo Reyes. I think there's a lot that he can do to provide value for this team. If the Red Sox do decide to add him to the roster, what does that mean? who goes? Is it Kike? Is it Arroyo? Is it Chang? I talked about this on the show and I think you know what my answer is to this question. I would like it to be Kike. I think he just has made one too many mistakes at this point and he's had a really disappointing season and hasn't really done much to provide value on either side of the ball um with this team. So the natural solution to me would be to cut ties with Kike, but you know, the more and more talk from just what Alex Cora says about Kike, especially over the last week or so, and just um, hearing chatter, he has a really close relationship with Kike. He seems to really trust him, and he's made it clear multiple times throughout the season that he trusts him at shortstop. Why, I don't know, but Alex Cora has said that, and the front office does value Cora's opinion, or so it seems like, from the outside So, from that perspective, it's hard for me to picture them letting go of Kike and feeling confident in that decision. I think Kike as a person is good for the Red Sox and good to have around the clubhouse because I think his personality is great and he seems to be positive a lot of the time. And he did take the mistakes in stride and, you know, tried to fix it, which I really respect. Um, So it's always good to have guys with that kind of work ethic around the clubhouse. So it's hard for me to feel like they would get rid of Kike and feel okay with that decision because how would Alex Cora feel? He might be disappointed if the Red Sox do that because it seems to me like he really, really has a good connection and relationship with Kike. So it might not be him. Honestly, you know, if it's not him, I think the next logical choice is Christian Arroyo. And I say that because, you know, he's been struggling a lot lately too. Um, he hasn't been terrible defensively, um, but he really hasn't been hitting that well. What I could see the Red Sox saying about him is that he can be clutched sometimes and get a big hit for the Red Sox when they need it. But how often can he really do that? And how important is that really? Like when you have other hitters in the lineup, who can hit at opportune times like Justin Turner is the most clutch on the team offensively. So, do you really need Arroyo for those every once in a while situations or does it make the most sense to um get rid of him because it affects the team in the least way? Yu Chang obviously has not been good at hitting, but defensively he's been super good and it is a good Person to have on the roster, especially for, you know, when Trevor Story eventually does come back and won't be able to play every day. And if he's primarily DHing a lot at the beginning, you do want somebody playing shortstop who defensively can be relied upon because, in my opinion, whoever's in that spot, their defense right now is more important than their offense because the Red Sox do have a lot of talent in the lineup. And we know what they can do offensively as a unit. They can put up a lot of runs in games. So that to me isn't as much of an urgent priority. I think the defense has been a much bigger problem for the Red Sox this season. So I'd rather have them keep somebody to play in the middle infield who can be reliant on defense more so than offense. So I would take Yu Chang over the other two any day of the week because he has really good defense and that to me is the most important thing when it comes to finding somebody to keep in that middle infield um there's going to be a hard decision made you know I could see them cutting ties with Reyes because they feel like he has made the least impact um but I like Reyes like I said I think he has a lot of good qualities And he could really serve this team well when he does come back. Um, So I'm on the train that my first choice would be Kike because he just has had a disappointing season. But from the Red Sox standpoint, they might not see it that way. They might justify it as, well, Kike is a utility player. And it's always good to have guys like that here on the roster. And also because of Alex Cora's relationship with Kike, it might be really hard for them to justify cutting him. Um, so it, it's a hard decision. I think there's pros and cons to all of them, but if I'm making the decision for the front office, I'm, I'm doing Kike, but if I'm the front office, I could see Arroyo getting let go. I just think Yu Chang's defense at this point right now is too valuable, especially because it's still going to take story some time with his rehab starts before he comes back. So you can't just be like, okay, we'll just, um, you know, drop Chang and just deal with a mediocre defender playing there until Story comes back because their defense has cost them a good amount of games this year um, in those defensive deficiencies. Obviously, Yu Chang wasn't fantastic defensively um, in that series against Oakland, but overall, he is a pretty good defensive shortstop. And so I'd rather keep the person who can play defense because you know the Red Sox are going to be able to hit. I think Trevor Story's bat is only going to help enhance the Red Sox offense. Um, So as a whole, I really, really do think they should prioritize keeping defense when it comes to making that decision. But you never know how the Red Sox look at it. They could see these players in a completely different way than I'm seeing them, and they could be like, oh, yeah, like we don't really see that Reyes is as valuable to this team as the other guys. They know what goes on in the clubhouse. I don't. You know, Alex Cora is there with the players every day. He has so much more of a say in this, I think, than I, you know, realize or anybody else realizes because he works with them on a daily basis. He needs to be comfortable with a group of guys he has in that clubhouse in order for him to be successful as a manager and them to be successful as a team. So Alex Cora definitely has a say in this. I think it's going to be really telling based on what they do, how much of a say he has um, but we'll see what happens. You know, again, like I'm not doing this just to bash Kike Hernandez because in his entire career overall, I've liked him. But I just think that he just doesn't really have a place here anymore. And I think getting rid of him to me would hurt the team the least. But ultimately, at the end of the day, that's up to the Red Sox. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Let's hope the Red Sox can bounce back. And my prediction is correct that they take two of three against New York. The Mets are such an unpredictable team because they're so talented. They just haven't really been showing up as much. They have some competitive pitching on the mound. Um, So the Red Sox need to take advantage. I'm absolutely looking at that third game as a game that they can easily win and should be able to win if the offense shows up. But again, you never know. Matchups could really have a pitcher challenge lineups as we see in the Oakland series. So, you know, um, we really saw pitchers that we didn't expect to pitch well challenging the Red Sox offense. So we'll see what happens, but let's go Red Sox. Always. I will catch you on the flip side. Hey, Prime members.